Welcome to this LTN Con 2020 special presentation. Tonight we are bringing you our big panel from our LTN Con event this past October, hosted by Drew Dixon and featuring several of our main guests from this year's event Aligning Passions for Faith and Nerds. Hey, I'm Drew Dixon. I am the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd, which means I oversee our website and uh, a lot of the uh, articles and things that go up go up there. And so I'm joined with a fantastic group of, of people who are very invested in doing a lot of the same kinds of things that Love Thy Nerd is all about, about reaching nerds. Um, but they're, they're really focused on reaching nerds, loving nerds, being the love of Jesus to nerds in specific spaces. So, um, so that's what this panel is going to be about is we're going to talk about the value, the inherent value of nerd culture, the value of video games, the value of board games, the value of anime and comics. We know there are lots of other uh, areas of nerd culture that we could get into. We could talk specifically about cosplay. We'll probably talk about cosplay a little bit on this panel. We could talk about um, – all kinds of other things that were not all, all you know, uh, nerdy movies, you know, uh, um, comic films, you know, that's a whole, a whole like big deal in nerd culture right horror now. Horror film culture. Um, horror film culture. There's millions of things we could talk about, but uh, we wanted to narrow it down to sort, sort of some of the big mediums in nerd culture and talk about their value, but then also talk about um, how can we engage those spaces well as followers of Jesus, what does it look like to engage video games responsibly and Christianly? What does it look like to, 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 you know, love Jesus and love board games? Um, and the same with anime, you know, what does that look like? And then finally, we want to talk about how can we encourage other Christians to join us in this passion that we have for, um, for loving nerds and pointing them to Jesus in nerdy spaces. So in comic book spaces and anime spaces and all those kinds of things. So um, I've said way more than I should, cause I'm the host really here to let you guys say a lot and, and, and share with our community about how to, to love Jesus and love nerds well in, in these various spaces. So um, we have Cecilia uh, with us. Cecilia Kai Rose is, is, is how she goes by. She's with Jesus Otaku. Say hey, Cecilia. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and then uh, we also have Jamie Lou Harris, who is with Satellite Gaming. Hey, Jamie. Hello, how's it going? And then we have Hector Mirai, who's with Faith and Fandom and also uh, co-host one of our, uh, our podcasts, uh, The Pull List for Love Thy Nerd. Howdy. And then finally, we have Mike Perna with Inroads Ministry is kind of our, our board game uh, expert here. Uh, hey, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Super excited for this. I'm super excited to have you all here. So, you know, a lot of people in our community will already be familiar with you, with, with you all and the work that you do. But give us the quick elevator pitch. So we'll start with Cecilia. What's the quick elevator pitch about who you are and the ministry you represent? Um, so Jesus Otaku's purpose is to creatively model the love of Jesus to bring Otaku and the church together. We go to anime conventions and tell people you are loved just as you are. Great. All right, Jamie, you're up. Yeah, I'm Jamie. I am with Satellite Gaming and Satellite Gaming. Our mission is pointing students to Jesus Christ by building relationships through video games. We like video games. We love teenagers and we love Jesus. Excellent. All right, Hector. 
Faith and Fandom is a book series of Bible studies on pop culture, video games, comics, etc. And we take them to about two dozen Comic-Cons a year, set up an artist alley and make them available to have discussions with other uh, vendors, with people that are there to attend and to just kind of be salt and light in that capacity. Yeah, great. And tell me really quick about the pull list. The pull list is our... I always get bi-weekly and bi-monthly wrong of which was which either way twice a month we do a comic book podcast uh with love thy nerd with me and chris boyer and where we uh talk about comics and uh just intersection of faith with that as well cool all right mike tell us about inroads inroads works with church and community groups pretty much all over the world at this point which is still ridiculous to me that's cool uh you will see us at conventions but conventions are not our bread and butter our bread and butter is working with church and community leaders to help them best reach their communities with board games and tabletop role-playing games. Excellent. Cool. All right. So I want to know, uh, as experts, you know, we've kind of elected you all as experts of these various areas of nerd culture. Um, so I want to know what is it that you love about that area that you represent? So really quick, Jamie, what is it that you love about video games? Oh man, what I love about video games is it's just something that was, it was family time when I was a kid, right? Like we didn't play Monopoly growing up. That, that started too many fights. Like my dad <laughs> wired our entire house to the LAN and we yeah. all had computers in our bedrooms and we played Diablo 1 together when I was a kid. Maybe that wasn't a great parenting choice, but it turned out all right. I don't know. <laughs> we played Diablo 2 and uh we then when i was an adult and diablo 3 came out we played that together online so for me it's family time man it's it's how i connect with my dad and my brother still my sister plays uh both my sisters play uh you know i i think for me it's it's something i just really enjoy i i i I don't know what else to say other than that's that's where it all starts right i can go on but I just really enjoy playing video games. I enjoy watching people play video games. I love watching people be competitive. I, I wish I was better so I could be competitive, but since I'm not, mm-hmm. I'll just watch people do impossible things that I can't. <laughs> yeah. I love your answer because I think like there's this weird tendency amongst some Christians to um, worry about things if they're too much fun or something you know like we're like oh is this so much fun that it's like sinful or something but we need to remember that fun that enjoy enjoyment is a gift of god and so the things in culture that we enjoy like yeah of course there's excesses and things that we need to be aware of and we'll talk about that in this panel in a bit but um man video games are stinking fun and that's good and we can celebrate that and i think god's about that let's do it cool what do you love about board games mike Oh man, this is, yeah, I'm really going to have to watch out for that little signal because I can talk about this for days. Um, To to take everything, which is a huge, like literally 3,000 plus board games are being released every year these days. So it's hard to bring that down into one thing, but it all comes down to the gaming table. Board games have a unique ability to get everybody in a, in a space. Even, even in this day and age when we're doing it with the coronavirus, we're still meeting around virtual tabletops. So even if we can't occupy physical space together, there is still this weird kind of ephemeral mm-hmm. space that we are all sharing. And there's something about that where we're creating common history is something that we say all the time because we all tell stories of the stuff that we've done and the the stories that we've shared in the the course of playing these games and really 
there's nothing like it that I've experienced. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that before, creating common history. And that's, that's a powerful thing that leads to like real relationships. And, yeah. you know, um, that's where I think a lot of ministry really, I mean, that's like the foundation for, for a lot of fruitful ministry for sure. Um, cool. All right, Cecilia, I'm excited to hear you answer this because I feel like I, I constantly dabble in anime, but I never like fully dive in. You know, and so it's definitely the the medium in this panel that I'm least like, um, like familiar with. Or, or so, so yeah. What what do you, why do you love anime? Well, first of all, I would say that you haven't found your anime genre yet. Yeah, because that's probably there are true. there are a ton of different anime genres. There's something for everyone, and the characters are so easy to connect with. And the storytelling is so rich and the artwork is beautiful and the music is great. And so um, I love all those things. Um, and then I think that the culture that's formed around anime, the shared love of anime, really connects people. Mm. And also yeah. anime, I think it, it sparks a certain creativity. Um, there's something about it that makes people want to cosplay, makes people want to create fan art. Um, something that's just, uh, just something that makes people want to be more creative. That's and great. I think that's what's really cool about it. Yeah, I love it. All right. Last but not least, Hector, why, why are you a comic nerd? Why do you love it? For me, honestly, I think it's because it's the gateway to large scale shared experiences. Um, that for the most part, comic books, at least growing up in my time frame was comic books was the basis for most cartoon shows comic books was the basis for the movies that kind of united nerd culture in more of a mainstream sense over the last few decades um that's these stories that people would read individually uh and have all these varied options would be the thing that would unite people and that also would you know bridge into the convention scene which just helps build community around these experiences. So I think it's just the gateway aspect that it provides. Mm, great. So um, what are some of your medium, the medium that you're, you're here to represent? What are, what are some of its inherent values? What, give, give me maybe just a couple that come to mind that are the most, um, tre- I mean, you've already talked about why you love them personally, but I also want to hear like, what are some things about, um, about anime or comics, et cetera, that, that you wish more people saw that this is what's so great about it. Like, you know, these are some things that are just inherently good about board games, video games, et cetera, that, that a lot of people don't realize maybe. Um, so uh, let's start with, let's start with uh, Mike. Cause I know you've uh, thought a lot about this, so I'm putting yeah, you on the spot the, first. Well, no, the, the biggest one uh, is, is gotta be community. It's the idea that we are that the board gaming community is a thing, like that is is at its core. Like whether it's the the larger space or even just your gaming group, your gaming group is family. Your gaming group is important. Um, I would say as far as the broader concepts, you've got creativity because everybody appreciates all the work that goes into both as role playing when you're creating characters and from board games the designers, the strategies and stuff like that. Uh, challenge, 
uh, challenging yourself and challenging each other to be better, especially in whether you're talking about cooperative or competitive gaming is huge. Mm. And uh, there's a bunch of these that I could go into, but yeah. I'm going to give other people time. There's, cause <laughs> there's, there's so, there's so much ground to cover mm. that uh, Cecilia already said, there's so much out there in the anime world. Board gaming is the same. So it's hard to quantify all of that. Yeah. Talking to a, an 18 XX, yep train game guy or a guy who's playing cards against humanity with his buddies yeah. at the bar completely different yep. value sets <laughs> we even had like a fun it was really short we had a fun little conversation before this panel in our facebook uh, messenger chat where we were talking about fun and like yeah. mike you rightly pointed out that like not a all lot board of games a, are like a lot of board games are really not fun right but there's still like so so there's there's um yeah, I'm there's there's monopoly again. It's it's hard to you know it can be hard to talk about like into about values that are applicable to every single game or whatever. But I um, I do I do a podcast all the time about board games. There have been times when literally my co-host has gone, "How in the world do you like that?" <laughs> I, yeah, one of the most compelling experiences I have is a game. I'm going to really cut this short. Is a game where you play as the nursing staff in a in a hospice unit as a guy who had a major heart attack on an airplane is dying and you're trying to coax his story out of him this mm. is what board games do <laughs> yeah yeah you're talking about holding on right <laughs> yeah yeah holding wow, on the wow. troubled life of billy kerr yeah so that's not like fun but it's a mean it's not fun but my goodness man you'll be brought to tears and, and it's mm. awesome yep. and it's great mm. I feel like the anime equivalent of that is Grave of the Fireflies. Mm. Yes. Oh, oh that, that's a pun I, I can feel that punch in my gut mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, I got chills. Yeah. Yep. Cecilia, you want to go next? What's uh, a couple of inherent values you see in, in anime or in, even in anime culture? Well, I would say um, the, the storytelling themes. And um, I mentioned this a little bit in, in our chat earlier, but uh, because anime comes from a culture that is actually very spiritually dark and lacking in hope. Um, the common themes of anime, I think, speak to the heart of the loneliest people and the people who really connect with anime um, find hope in it. Hmm. And I think that's, it's really amazing to see like the popularity of this weird medium that comes out of Japan where there's like, less than 1% Christian and, and the highest suicide rate, like one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Um, just these stories where people watch them. I mean, I've heard like tons of people who got into an anime series like Naruto or something and it helped them with their depression, mm. you know? So um, yeah. I think the ability of anime themes, the, those themes of um, mm -hmm. identity, finding purpose, finding community. I think it, it, they, they have a lot of value. That's great. That's great. Uh, Hector, what's, uh, I know that, th I know this is like, these are some of these questions I feel like are probably harder to answer about some mediums than others. Cause with comics, there's, I guess kind of like anime in some ways, there's so many different themes and so many different types of comics, but um, yeah. What, what's, what's some, maybe a couple of values that you wish more people saw in comics. Well, one of the biggest things is the fact that there is frequency uh, that literally every week you've got dozens and dozens of books. So that also creates an on-ramp to the fact that you can jump in literally starting something new any week, um, that there's a number one issue starting almost any week. And, the, and that with that, 
it also has a big factor of accessibility mm. that um, you can literally look up any comic book shop uh, and anywhere in your region and go pick up a new storyline. If it's not at a comic book shop, there's graphic novels at like every bookstore or every you know gaming store in that capacity. If not that, you can literally get digital versions on your Kindle or Comixology app or whatever else, and you can start a new storyline on your phone in like 30 seconds. Yeah. So frequency and accessibility, I think it makes it one of the best varied like entertainment systems. Yeah, great. All right, Jamie, I gave you some time to think. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate it. Uh, so for me, I actually started tackling this question, but just one really simple thing. Um, I looked up, uh, how much does a Lego set cost? Now there's the reason I looked that up was, uh, I, I make a lot of comparisons and parallels to things in our culture that are more widely accepted. Um, if a kid was sitting down playing Minecraft for a few hours, there's a chance that like people might go like, Whoa, what's he doing? Like, why is he, why is he wasting mm -hmm. his life? Then if a kid was tinkering with Legos for a few hours, we'd be like, man, what a creative little stud. Oh my goodness. You, you built a house. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I looked up like Lego set uh, cost and there's like $20, $180, $43. And like this $180 set could maybe take like a few hours to set up. Minecraft, yeah. you can get it for like 20 bucks and it's access to unlimited amounts of blocks in creative mode. So for me, I, I, I use that as an example uh, to, to kind of say, I think that like inherently where video games have value is it, we take real concepts like Legos and building and creativity. And um, because they're computer generated, our, our resources in those in those elements are they're, they're unlimited. And um, I, I think that with, with just like that comparison, you could take the idea of competitive sports, look at competitive video games right now. No one can play football because they're going to spread mm. their germs all over each other. But we've been yep. hosting Fortnite tournaments online pretty regularly and kids are showing up like crazy. We can host Smash Bros tournaments online, Rocket League tournaments online. It can still happen. So uh, the inherent value uh, in our context actually like right now, just like we are having LTN con online, you can still have video game tournaments, but you can't go to a football game. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, just that opens up to a ton of values, like mm -hmm. any value that you have in a traditional sport, you can find that in esports. We just need to create, um, and connect some parallels and, and educate people a little more on, on, yeah. uh, what it looks like. So, yep. That's great. I love that you made that parallel because I think, a lot of like, like honestly, a lot of the people that I that live in the South, like I do, <laughs> like mm -hmm. they immediately think that football and basketball and baseball are these like wonderful things. And I think in many ways they are like, there's a lot of yeah. good that people get out of those things, but a lot of the inherent values to those things are the exact same inherent values to video games so and board games. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, teamwork, um, camaraderie, like, um, just problem solving, um, all those yeah. things are are, are, are are right there at our fingertips with, with, with gaming. Yeah, and like having a coach on the football team, it's not just like the person that's organizing the team so they can win. It's somebody who's mentoring them. Like mm -hmm. every, every esports team needs a coach. Boom, we have a Fortnite team. Boom, we have a Valorant team. And we have a coach for those. And it's guys yep. that love Jesus that are mentoring these young kids that just that's really cool. play video games. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And it's like, uh, I've read, you probably know more about this, but 
there's been some pretty significant growth, right, in the esports uh, scene in, in the last uh, few months because of coronavirus, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have a complaint about a few games that need to figure out their net code that just really suck to play online. But, dude, <laughs> the, yeah. it's like everyone's freaking out and the gaming industry right now is like, yeah, let's go. It's That's how they're making money. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I want to talk stereotypes because I want to make sure we talk about, you know, what people say and what people get wrong about. Um, and, and maybe even specifically, like, because in this panel, most of the people that are tuning in to this panel are people who are Christians, probably. Um, and and they're people who have interest in doing the kind of ministry that we do at Love Thy Nerd and that we do that you guys do, you know, at Inroads and Satellite Gaming and so on. Um, and so... I want to hear what are some of the com- most common stereotypes you think you, you hear about people who from Christians, you know, about your ministry and then like a really quick, like how you respond to them. Maybe, maybe, maybe just like, well, again, I'm going to kind of keep it short. So just one or two. So don't give me all of them. I know there's a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, Cecilia, you want to start us out? Like what are, what do people uh, think? What comes to mind? What do, what do you think Christians responses to anime in, in general? So I was um, at a, a Christian comic book convention and actually sharing a table with April Lynn, I think, because we were trying to, anyway. Um, so we were, I was talking about anime and someone just was like, isn't that porn? And I was like, nope, it's not just porn. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that I think is the, the most. That's when you hear more, more I often hear than that not. Yeah. I hear that a lot. Um, you would think it would be, oh, it's animated. It's for kids. No, is the it number bad one. That I think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's bad or not, but. Uh. Oh. So yeah, no, I just say no. It's it's not just porn. It's like yeah. any media. It's probably my grandma. Oh. Oh, <laughs> she didn't look that old. Um, but uh, I, it's it's like any it's like any media. You know, there are movies that are G-rated, and there's an entire pornography industry and it's all movies you know mm-hmm. anime is the same thing you know there's a, a ton of different genres and and it is not just all that yeah for sure all right hector what do what do people say about comics what do christians tend to say like i know you probably run into this a lot because you're very vocal about your faith and you're also very vocal about your uh your love of comics so what, what do people what do christians say sometimes when you, they hear that you're like a big comic dude a lot of Christianity that I've heard growing up in the church and even ministering in this field has been, well, if you've got time to read all that, do you read your Bible enough? Like that's, (laughs) I I heard that like, um, you know, I I heard that growing up. um, And I still, do you like the Bible as much as you like your comics? Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, that's what I I do a thing. Like at the end of the week where I post my favorite panels of that week's Uh comics and I've legit, you know, you didn't post that much scripture. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's that thing of like where people will question your priority of your time, but mm. you know, not, you know, if they're watching 90 day fiance, I mean, it's not the same, mm. it's not the same thing. It's just because they don't connect with it. They assume that it has yep. less value. Yep. Let's bring that sports discussion back in and how many people bug out of church early on big sports days. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yep. For sure. We all do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, Mike, what do people, what do you, what do you hear? Uh, well, I'll give you two. Games. 
one for board games, one for role-playing games. The board game one is going to have a lot of overlap with the with my, my brothers and sisters over there in the video game world. <laughs> yeah. It is that you are just wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Uh, and I, I could literally take over the whole entire panel on... Almost like it's a... Is it like... I assume that's kind of like almost... It's a childish thing. Like, games are for kids, oh, yeah. and so... So you should yeah. be moving on to something we, more productive. I, I am going to now refrain from viewing my entire speech of the difference between childish and childlike and how people need to start playing more. I'm going to mm. refrain from that because we've got other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> the stereotype that I still to this day get, it's becoming lesser, but I still get it. Isn't Dungeons and Dragons Satan worship? And don't you mm-hmm. summon demons? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Even if you want to play certain characters that mention that stuff, Mm. it's literally a mention and a stat number on a piece of paper. Nobody's doing anything. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I I still get that. I literally had a youth leader. Was it last year or the year before, you know, saying I have concerned parents coming to me. I need you to tell me if this is okay or not. Mm -mm. I'm like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, stat numbers are the mark of the beast. <laughs> oh, Those, uh... I, mm, oh the, the discussions, <laughs> the discussions that I've had that people don't imagine mm-hmm. can happen in this day and age. Yeah. Trust me, it's there. Yeah. There I think that we like fear is just such a powerful thing and and so, you know, enough people over the years have have spread fears about video games and and Dungeons I, and Dragons I... and things that I literally had to, to have kick those. I had to have those conversations with my own wife. Yep. Yeah, I know. Yeah. D&D was a big part of my life before I met her and uh yeah, so I had to have that conversation even with her because wow. all, yeah. all it takes is somebody tells a story about somebody's cousin who was at this thing once and before you know it everybody does that. Yep. Yep, for sure. Yeah, and uh we actually uh, quick like Selfish plug for Love Thy Nerd, but we had a theology professor write an article for us uh, several months ago now, but it was a Christian defense of Dungeons and Dragons. So if you're listening to this and you want to know, like, okay, what what is Dungeons and Dragons really? And is there anything like, and it, it just lays out that answer that Mike gave in a lot yeah, more detail yeah. that, no, well, it's not demonic. <laughs> that's a great article. And I can literally point you to pretty much half of my site. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's dedicated. Yeah, absolutely. In, Definitely. In Go check out Inroads. <laughs> yep. Yeah, read any of the dozens of articles about that subject in Inroads would be really helpful. Um all right. Where are we at? Uh I think we're we're left with Jamie, right? Everybody else has kind of answered that question. We, I feel like this is the one where there's so many stereotypes about video games. So Oh yeah. Uh, I, the- give us your two favorite that you hear. <laughs> Two favorite? Okay. Uh, again, my context is is a lot of like mentoring and youth related, um, but we don't just reach youth, you know. Um, yeah. But that's our that's our primary target. So that mine will be related to that. First one is that we stink, and I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> it's not wrong. Like <laughs> it's not wrong. Like you walk into a, a you know. You know, my my brother over at the board game shop knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like, <laughs> um, oh yeah, oh yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so we actually have like rules and stuff like, hey, you're going to sign this waiver. We're going to do a smell check. If you walk through the door and you smell bad, we're giving you a stick of deodorant. You're going to go put it on and come back. <laughs> and then we'll do another smell check. But um, it's, it's, it's a real thing. But this is really the, I think on a more serious note, this is the one that's most important to me. Um, this can relate to teenagers and adults. Um, and I just said, teenagers are in, the base, in their basement playing video games all basement day long dollars, because yeah. they want to be. Um, and I don't think that people understand that um, these, these kids don't want to be in their basement, right? Like they don't want to be in their basement all day. You know, they could say that all they want, but like, I think God created us. Like the first thing God said wasn't good was that man was alone, right? And uh, I feel like when we have students and people, adults even, even I get caught in this and my wife's got to pull me out, you know, is um, when we are alone in isolation and, and when we see other people doing that, we've got to realize we don't know the story behind that. Like we have students, like this is a real student I'm talking about. Uh, mom's doped out on the couch. Dad's sleeping around with some other woman staying at a hotel for the night excuse me, I don't want that kid to leave his basement unless I'm the one picking him up, right? Like mm -hmm. you have no idea what's going on in that kid's life and him yeah. in the basement with his video game might be the healthiest place for him. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that stereotype, we, need, we have to look past that and we have to, um, it, it is concerning, right? Like I'm not saying it's not concerning how often and how much people are in isolation, but I think there's a way to encourage what we call shoulder to shoulder experiences while playing video games. Invite them over to your house. If you see someone in their basement playing video games, um, be someone that pulls them out of the basement in a, a loving way. Um, ah, that's one that I got to just stop on because I could go on. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, <clears throat> What do you guys say to people who say like, why do you spend so much? Cause I think some of these, a lot of these go back to like time. And I think there's this assumption amongst a lot of Christians that like you should be spending your time doing things that are productive, like that are making the world a better place or making other people's lives better or whatever. Um, and so, so that there's this like, I've heard several prominent Christians you know, talk down about video games, but they may as well be talking about Dungeons and Dragons or board games or comics, right? Or anime. Um, they could say the same thing about them. Why are you wasting so much time doing this? Um, so yeah, what do you say to people who say, why are you spending so much time in this medium? Um, and Because I, I think like what people expect sometimes of Love Thy Nerd is that we would be this site that's like, and this ministry that's like telling people about the dangers of video games and telling people about why... Um, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, here's all the, the war, like five warnings you should here, know about Dungeons here and Dragons. Here are all the things that if you're teenagers saying them, you should crack down on this. Yeah, yeah. And here's, you know, six reasons why you should never watch anime because some of it's pornographic, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so what, do you, what do you say to people who sort of don't get why you spend your time in this space? I didn't give a person. I'm about to say, you're going to need to give a person because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure every one of us is like, uh, oh, uh, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll think so, dude. <laughs> all right, Mike, why don't you start us out? Because I know you have an answer. Oh, man. Uh, I, I love this space. I love this, this people so much. And part of the reason that I never consider this a waste is because it's funny because you brought it up. Uh, my nemesis is the Protestant work ethic that something has to be visibly productive to be of value. And I don't see that in scripture. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can point to some vo- yeah. verses about how you need to do your job. There's other verses that say, hey, maybe just chill out and relax and enjoy the people you're with. Enjoy the time you enjoy have. Enjoy a meal. Yeah. 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 Dude, that's like, good. like both of those things can exist and both of them can have value. Mm. And there is so much to be learned about the people that you're at the table with. I've learned so much about myself. I mean, literally, I mean, we're pre-recording this. And so I have to do the whole time is weird thing, but some point there's going to be a, a panel that's led by me. It's not a panel. It's just me talking where I literally start talking as a character that I played in a role-playing game that changed the way I read scripture. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like doing this stuff has immense value, even though mm. you cannot ticket on a, this is what I did today sheet. Yeah. And it's really fun because it's hard because a lot of churches will look at me and say, well, how many kids are getting saved or how many, whatever. And I'm like, I can't give you that number, but let me give you all the people who thought that God hated them, who now thinks differently because they met us. Mm. That's awesome. And yeah. Yeah. Like you can't tally that, but I've seen God do tremendous things. And that's why I will always say that there is value in what we're doing. I know it's Mike's turn, but I have to say something to that because we don't ever know what happened to the story of the woman at the well afterward. So like Jesus didn't tell us what happened to the woman at the well after she walked away. Hmm. So how do I know what happens to this guy after we play a video game? My, my favorite stories, in fact, I'm literally doing, like I've built a podcast around this. My favorite stories in the Bible are the ones that never, ever, ever get taught. They're in the scripture. God thought they were important enough to be there, but yeah, nobody dude. ever talks about them because like you, there's, there simply isn't <laughs> enough. I have I quickly dubbed uh, Bezalel the patron saint of inroads, and his only thing is that he's the first person who got this, who received the spirit of God to build the tabernacle. Mm. And I've never seen a spiritual gifts inventory that had goldsmithing as part of it. But the first time God gave his Holy Spirit, it was to do that, to cut stone and good. to carve wood. Yeah, there you go. That's good. And, That's good. All right, I'm, I'm going I'm to stop. I'm going to stop. Cool. Um, cool. I'm going to call you after the panel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine you get this sometimes, Cecilia. You want to chime in on like, what, what do you, how do you respond when people are like, why are you spending so much time around you know, anime people and, and watching anime. So there's a saying that your greatest ministry can come out of your deepest pain. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I was deeply hurt by the church and I actually spent 10 years away from the church before I rededicated my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in that time, um, anime conventions, the otaku community became my substitute for church that was my community. That was the only place I felt safe and accepted for who I was. Mm. Um, and so also, you know, there's, there's not great representation of Christianity at, at anime conventions. You might've seen the, the street preachers with the sign. Mm. Yep. So I think there, Damn. there's, um, there's a lot of value being there and, you know, showing the love of Jesus to this community who many of them have been hurt by the church. Mm. Um, there's a, uh, a very high percentage of LGBTQ people in the otaku community. It's like 30 to 40% where the national average is like Mm. 4.5%. In the Philippines, otaku is actually almost synonymous with being LGBTQ because that is their space, safe space. 
Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, going into this community where, where there are a lot of hurting people and um, just year after year as we go, mm. like my, my heart is more and more broken for the loneliness that is hidden underneath the smiles and joy that you mm. see around um, in, a, in an anime convention. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's really, uh, really well put. And I think too, like, um, you have to engage those, like you have to know something about anime to reach people in that space. Right. Like you have to be paying attention to it. You have to care about it on some level. Like it's really hard to step into that space and love people well, if you don't give a crap about like anime. And in fact, like a lot of people would look at anime and go like, well, that's like dumb or childish or something. A lot, like a lot of, a lot of like well-meaning, well-meaning Christians would look at anime and go like, well, that looks childish or silly or I don't care. Um, but by having that response, like you miss an opportunity to, yeah, to have a real relationship with somebody and like understand yeah. them better. And, um, you know. um, one time I was speaking at this conference, uh, for reaching Japanese for Christ. It was like a, and I talked about cosplay and how the, the thing with cosplayers is that they, they're very, their identity is really fragile and, um, they're not being who they they are really or they're trying to escape from who they are and there was a japanese person who was like in tears because she just assumed that people who cosplay in japan were showing off mm. because in japan it's very like the they have a saying like the nail that sticks out gets hit everyone's just kind of trying to you know go with the flow and just yeah. blend in Mm. Um, but, but like for cosplayers and especially in Japan where the society is very, you know, you, every, you gotta be the same, you gotta conform. They're just like screaming to express their identity mm. and yeah. looking for mm. an identity. So I think it's, um, yeah, Christians just like, we make assumptions if we don't know. And, and, um, these are really good opportunities to have these conversations and, and tell people the value so this is yeah it's really cool that's great yeah i'm talking about this stuff yeah anybody else want to chime in on that question before we move on um i just like it yeah i just like to throw out that um one of the things that when it comes to you know i i think this covers for everybody but that when people are whether it's reading comics or they're at a convention or whatever else the fact that they're telling you what they're passionate about and if you're willing to meet them where they are passionate, then that's them almost inviting you to actually share where you connect with passion and those things. So when, you know, at a comic book convention or anywhere else that they're saying, you know what, this is a story that really matters to me. And when they are sharing why that story matters, that you can connect on that same level and people that are open to actually sharing why they're passionate about these stories are more open to actually having honest, real, genuine conversations about themselves, their spiritual life or any other part of themselves. And so like these things I think are big connectors, the stuff that we're passionate about opens doors to actually being genuine. And, you know, like, the when I started doing this I was pastoring a church that was very very traditional and they were clueless like my senior pastor pulled me into the office he's like what does fandom mean and like they were concerned and then 
like the church that I work with now, I'm allotted uh, five weekends off per year just to go do Comic Con ministry. That's cool. Um, um, because they, they're like, because they believe in it. They see the report. And like, when I come back a Sunday after a con, they're like, all right, tell us about the connections you made. Like they, they're not looking for, you know, baptisms in the middle of a con floor. They're like, tell <laughs> us the stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. They get it. That's cool, man. That's awesome. Um, so I want to hear from y'all about how your faith informs your engagement of of nerd culture so how does your faith inform the way that you play games watch anime um but but not just not just watch and play and read but how does it also inform how you watch and play and read and build relationships right as you try to point people to jesus um so yeah how does your faith inform your engagement of of of, let's start with jamie how does your faith inform your game your your engagement of of video games yeah i think how my faith informs uh the way i interact with video game culture um i would say i think the easiest way to explain it is it brings flavor to my relationship with jesus what i mean by that is um I feel like a lot of times in Christian culture, we have like this generic, like vanilla, here's what Christianity looks like, you know, um, mm-hmm. read your Bible, go to church and, and love people. And that all three great things, all three great things. Um, but there's no individuality in that. There's no like, well, who am I? Who am I? And, and if God created me in this unique way, you know, as me, doesn't he want me to, not be vanilla. Like what doesn't he want me to like be my flavor of, of, of what it means to be a person that loves Jesus. So just a quick example is um, I'm going to use the verse, you know, it says the, where scripture talks about get, God will give you the desires of your heart. When I was a kid, I thought that meant like, Oh, I desire pizza. So like a pizza would show up at my door. And <laughs> that's I, not what I, that means. Dang. No, Drew, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, although my wife did just bring me so some much. cookie dough. So that was, <laughs> 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 yeah. But um, as I've gotten older and just uh, what I've, how I've taken that verse to heart is um, I feel like uh, it, what it really means is when God created me, he instilled in my heart a desire for certain things, like a passion for certain things. And one of those passions I have is, man, it's, it's for thumbsticks. It's for video games. Like I love, I love video games. And, and if I can bring that, that flavor of video games uh, into my, my faith, um, with the people that I love, the people that I care about, like it becomes less about like, oh, Jamie's a Christian. Like, and it becomes like, oh, Jamie loves video games, but he also loves Jesus. Let's explore what this looks mm. like. I, I'm not saying I don't want to be identified as a Christian or as a generic Christian, but what I think is um, I love video games. And I think it, 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 it again, it, it makes it personal. It makes it personal. Like it's mm-hmm. not just me sitting down, hanging out with Jesus. It's me playing video games with people every Wednesday night. I've been meeting with people uh, during COVID. We've been playing video games and doing a Bible study together. It's a Bible study where like we sit down and we talk about like deep theological topics while we beat each other up in video games. And like, we're not even really paying attention to the video games. We're talking some trash, but like, it's really just cause like we all want to play video games and we don't want to like be on our phones playing video games at church, even though I, I do that. You know what I mean? Like, like we, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the con it's our context. Like it's, it's how we live. Yeah. So yeah, I just think it brings flavor and I, I love that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Mike, you want to, you want to tackle that one? Why did, uh, how do you, how does your faith inform just a couple, couple quick examples maybe of how your faith informs your engagement of board games. 
I mean, that that's like asking me to explain the universe and give two examples. <laughs> uh, primarily, I would say that it informs, like, I don't believe in putting things in boxes. So gaming is a passion of mine. I, even when, when we were starting to create the very first quote unquote rules for how you do an inroads event, one of the first things we created was a thing called the no preaching rule. The short version of that is you will never hear a sermon. You did not ask us to give you. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Um, the reason that I did that was because I wanted to just accentuate the fact that God's been here long before we got there. Mm. Like I, I get, I almost get frustrated sometimes when people are like, Oh, you're bringing God to this place. I go, no, God's been there. Mm. He's been working. Yeah. That's important. We, we don't need to bring him there. We get to participate in what he's doing there. Mm. Yeah. And so like that has been huge in the way I do everything. And it's also just story has become everything to me uh, because I've really started accentuating both God as author of all things, all things hard stop. But uh, also just the idea of reading my Bible with God is less. We often cite, use him as an inciting incident more than a character. Mm. And mm. it, frustrates me like yeah like I, I i just i literally am working through uh the book of genesis because that's what my the patrons on my patreon asked for was going story by story through genesis and it's been really really exciting just taking this concept of story because like i'm a folklore nerd because i i do fantasy role playing of course i'm a folklore nerd like the act of storytelling has always been a part of my gaming it's always been a part of that and it's really been within the past handful of years that i've seen how god is is really forming how i even read scripture just reading uh god as character and just seeing seeing the fall of man and and literally feeling god's heartbreak in that moment it's not just a we, it, that's not the story of adam and eve that's the story of god's heart breaking as the mm. world was ripped from him yeah and like that kind of stuff seeing him as character and and stepping into that has been huge and gaming taught me that it's mm, great um hector what what would you say about how your faith informs uh your engagement of comics just echoing what mike said honestly that comics are story comics are literally just a glimpse into what a person has gone through and a person is imagining and where they can go. So it's, it's a mirror and it's also a telescope in the fact that seeing what's behind you, what's before you. And you can also really tell a lot about people and how, what stories they connect with. And honestly, it's just a really great, um, a great way to be able to connect with that. So when, when I see how people respond to certain stories, um, that shows me how they also would respond to certain things within scripture, within faith. Um, that uh, uh, Tom King is a writer that's pretty famous for Batman right now. And uh, he wrote a two issue story about integrity with Batman and Wonder Woman being stuck together for 39 years where they were going to cheat on their respective spouses. Um, and um, I read that and it was, it, it broke me. Um, that when I read that those two issues, 
my integrity as a man, a husband, a father, minister was challenged more in reading those two stories um, than any scripture I'd read in a minute had challenged me. And I went up to Tom King at a show. Our booth was like right next to him and told him that he said, everyone hates these issues. And I'm like, like, no, man. I was like, and I showed him, you know, some of the scripture that I kind of echoed with that with me. But that was the thing is I look for the, the scripture is truth. And those truths and those parallels are echoed, echoed through all the stories that are told. And I think that's one of the things is that when we can see the truth, of the stories we're reading and how it plays into the bigger truth that really kind of opens our mm-hmm. eyes to who we're dealing with. Yeah, that's great. And like, I think something we miss about the Bible a lot is that it's a very human book, you know? Um, like, and I'm not saying it's not divinely inspired at all. It is, I believe it is, but it's very like, it was like, written for us, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very yeah. pro-human. Um, it's okay to be pro-human uh, as Christians, by the way. Uh, uh, I think God is, is, is for us. Uh, I think that's a big part of it, but yeah. Um, but there's a, like the rawness of human emotion is just constantly on and the brokenness of human emotion. Sometimes all of that's on display in the Bible in a way that's like really powerful. Um, and we see the same thing in comics and anime and, um, like those are tools to, they can be tools to understand ourselves better and understand the world a little bit better and, and like be emotional, like, you know, uh, but that's a whole nother topic. Anyway, Cecilia, do you have anything to add to, to that question of, of, uh, you know, what, uh, uh, yeah, the, 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 what do you have to add? Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, I'm going to say, my, my answer and if it's terrible you know it can get cut but I mean I don't know if it's it's good or not but okay so when 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 Jesus Otaku started like after about a year we started noticing that um that cosplay had the potential to become dysfunctional mm. and what I mean by that is you know as Christians we have our identity in Christ but cosplay you know, you dress up as a character, you, you get into it, and, and there's this subtle temptation that that is really seductive where you derive your self-worth from it because when you go out to a convention and people are taking pictures and complimenting you, there's, there's a bit of a high. And so, and then there's also the issue of cross-playing too, you know, and um, so we had to navigate those issues and... Uh, created kind of guidelines for um, what we called purpose-driven cosplay because we're out of Saddleback and Rick Warren purpose-driven church, so we made <laughs> like nice. a purpose-driven cosplay nice. handout. Now yeah. I just want to see Rick Warren in cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he actually his favorite anime is Full Metal Alchemist. So oh really? What? Little known fact, yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I just yeah. I just had an, I just had an image of him as Armstrong, and it made me happy. <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that would be like an example of, you know, how mm. we, um, how faith informed, how we, how we cosplay, how yeah. we engaged with that mm. aspect of otaku culture. Yeah, that's great. So I can't uh, Rick Warren has a favorite anime. That's I'm like, 
that's, yeah, that's, the, that's the box quote for this panel for but sure. If you take away yeah. nothing else from this panel, Rick Warren has a favorite anime. Yeah, I'm gonna we, tweet at him right now. <laughs> we had a, a ministry fair at Saddleback, and you know Saddleback is huge, so there are like hundreds of ministries. He walked by right. our table and got so excited. He was like, that's "I cool. didn't know we had an anime ministry," and he like hugged us all <laughs> and was so excited. That's, a, that's cool. And, um, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to you all because when we post this on the website, the the title is going to be Rick Warren's favorite Rick Warren. anime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So sorry. Um, it's, and that's and that's it's when what's going to get us, the clicks. So yeah, and that's when that's when he told us that <laughs> his favorite anime was Full Metal Alchemist, but the original, not Brotherhood. All right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's Very controversial cool. right there. I was about to um, say, it's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shift a little bit, but it's not too much, honestly. But how are you using your love of Jesus? Um, mm. Or how are you losing, using your love of comics, uh, video games, board games, so on? How are you using your love of this thing to share the love of Jesus with people? Um, mm. maybe, maybe give us one specific example. But um, Jamie, you want to start us out? I do, yeah. Uh, so this one actually, Drew, you haven't heard this story yet, but oh, awesome. uh, credit is due to you as well. Um, so <clears throat> what we do is in satellite gaming's context, we invite students to be a part of what's called our leadership team. And our leadership team is not something that happens on a school campus. It happens off of a school campus. Kids get invited to it either through social media or through building relationships with us at events that are what we call private events that happen at like a local church or a venue that's not within the local context of the public school district. So we have events that are separate um, where we don't proselytize at those events, but we're a little more open to those conversations because they're not happening at a school campus. So bottom line, students join our leadership team and then we do like a nerdy kind of, we don't call it a Bible study because um, what we're doing is we're saying, hey, if you're going to be on our leadership team, we are going to ask you to agree that you will do your best to represent the character of Jesus Christ. And some kids will be like, well, I don't believe in Jesus. And I'm like, well, he was a real person. So, I mean, I'm not asking you to believe in him as a figure of faith, but what I'm telling you is the model that we use for how to be a spiritual leader is uh, the model of Jesus Christ. So let's figure out who he is as a person. So Drew Dixon, uh, this guy right here with the, man, your hair looks so good right now. Thanks, man. Um, with, the, with the nice hair. Um, he, he, uh, I did that for uh, you. Yes, I thank you. Thank you. Well, I did this for you. So um, <laughs> so he was, he was the, Drew, you were the speaker for our nerd camp this summer. And, and so I'm talking about our nerd camp and that was playing, using video games to run a, a leadership camp. So, uh, and nerd culture. We we had Cecilia did a workshop there on, uh, it was awesome. Used the Enneagram, it was super cool. Um, but, but a lot of what this is, is we are playing video games with students, encouraging them that while they are playing video games with students online, while they're shoulder to shoulder playing video games, encouraging them to represent the character of Jesus, whether they believe in him as a figure of faith or not. That results in them getting to know who Jesus is. And then led up to after two years of hanging out with some of these kids led to them hearing uh, the famous C.S. Lewis question from Drew was, who do you say I am? You know, is it, that's, I mean, that's, that's scriptural, right? But, but what C.S. Lewis says is liar, lunatic, or Lord. So I'm going to skip ahead and just say this very directly. I've been hanging out with a student for two years now. Um, I won't say his name out of respect for him because uh, I didn't ask for permission to share this. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, all I've been doing for two years, playing video games with him, talking about life, driving him around. He's been helping run our events. And it's like, wait a second. 
he, you said he's not a Christian, right? Yeah. He might even be an atheist. He might be agnostic. I'm not really sure. Well, then why do you let him help you set up events? I'm like, dude, the guy doesn't have to be a Christian to plug in a switch mm-hmm. to run a tournament, right? I'm not having yeah. to teach a Bible study, but uh, bottom line, we hang out with him. Dude, we, he helps run some of our middle school events because he's a high schooler. So he heard that question that you pro- proposed, Drew, just after playing Smash Bros, hanging out. Most of the time while you were talking, I'm sure you knew the students were playing Smash Bros on this screen, listening to your <laughs> talk on this screen. One of them even fell asleep while he was playing D&D. Like, ridiculous. These kids are nerds, like, to the max. And um, uh, bottom line, he ended up liking what he experienced at Nerd Camp. So he helped me lead some components of our online church camp that we ran at the end of the camp the last day the speaker was talking about the marginalized every day he'd be playing video games on his phone but the last day he listened to the speaker talk about the disciples being type b people they weren't like the people that are in the front they were the marginalized Mm -hmm. they were people that, that weren't fully educated and this guy he's like i relate to that i feel that that's, that's me. The next day before I took him home, he prayed for his first time in my kitchen and entered into a relationship with Jesus. That's right. And for me, this was not like at any point me like preaching at him, hitting him with the Bible. Like I bought him a Bible. I don't know if he ever read it or not, but I gave it to him. It, it was just simply saying like, so I, I think to answer the question, that's an example of how we do it. All we are trying to do is tell students, whether you believe in Jesus as a figure of faith or not, how can you be more like him while you play mm. video games? And it was, that's, that's the example. I love that story. So thanks for being a part of that, Drew. Um, yeah, man. He, he really enjoyed what you had to share. And that, I think that question challenged him and a few of our kids. That's great. That's rad. Uh, anybody else want to jump in? I think we're kind of running out of time here. So quick, like yeah, my bad. A, a quick, <laughs> I was just quick story. I want to get to some of our, uh, our communities questions, some of the, the, the fellowship of the nerd questions that we have. Um, but, uh, but yeah, quick, quick example of, of how you're using your faith to engage. We've already kind of shared examples. So, uh, or shared some, some stories, um, or some examples, but maybe a story or a quick story of how you've used your faith to engage people in these nerdy spaces. Be quicker than that video game guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I'll, I'll try to keep this one short and I won't give too many examples because I could go on for days if I gave examples. Uh, we've figured, we've been trying to figure out what our convention space ministry looks like because a lot of us can't get to conventions and really the traditional way we we thought we were going to do it y'all do it better so we're like where do we fit in the convention space we do we do believe that god has us there so what is our thing and so we basically latched hard on the idea of storytelling and one of the things that we do it it started as a lark i just did it because it sounded like a fun thing to do on a saturday of a con but it has become pivotal that even if it's not an official event we have people going to conventions doing this i have i've created an entire bard college apparently uh (laughs) half of this i dress i dress up like a dwarf bard and you can go ahead and view my website for why that what that means um but i basically go around and all i do if I pass a cosplayer or a game creator, I hand him a card and all it says doesn't even have anything about our ministry. It just says you are awesome and make great things. And that's all it does. And I've seen that mm-hmm. transform people. Like there was one person who literally followed us around after I gave it to them. Uh, at that's the same cool. point, I also have, I, I go around and I just ask people for stories. I have a sign that says dwarf bard collecting stories for the archives, share your story, <laughs> share your nice. story and get a button. <laughs> and without fail 
every time I will give this one example because it, it basically epitomizes everything. It gives value to people's stories who didn't yeah. think their story had any value. Mm. It was across yeah, the board. Every person who starts off with the phrase, I don't really have a story to tell universally gave me the craziest, most amazing ones. Mm. Best one was we, I literally had this one woman. It was like her whole f- crew gave stories of varying degrees of epicness or boringness they're all stories and they're all of value. Um, I, I tell people they can tell me what they had for breakfast and it still counts because it's still a story. Um, but it got to her and she goes, I don't really have a story. I go, I'm not going to give all your friends a button and not you. So give me something. She then paused a moment and goes, well, I was at the Olympic tryouts for horse jumping and the horse they gave me was lame. So at the, at the high jump, the horse got stuck and I fell on my face. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah. like we've had had people who did, you know, talk, ran libraries in Guam. We had people reduced to tears. And all I said yeah. was just tell me a story. And it it's really I cool to see God, how God takes that mm. and, and does something with that. And it has everything to do with the fact that gaming has made me care about stories long before I knew, I knew to ask people what theirs was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's also a testimony to like, um, just how people will surprise you, you know, oh, like yeah. if you'll just give them a chance, people will surprise you. You'd be surprised how God uses those kind of moments that, um, you know, my fear would be if I put up a sign like that and walked out of convention that nobody would talk to me. Um, but not, that's clearly not I, the case. I, I you promise know? you. There were, <laughs> I've been doing it for years now. There have been a couple people who just kind of go, no. And I go, all right, whatever. And I just keep moving. I, I don't even yeah. break stride. If they don't want to tell it, I'm not there to listen because there's somebody else down the hall that will yeah, want to share. For sure. Cool. Anybody else that want to share something really, really quick of, of, um, you know, how you've used your love of comics or anime or whatever it is to, to, uh, to share the love of Jesus. One of the things that just building the relationships with other uh, people in Artist Alley, like other vendors, has been one of my favorite things to see is that, you know, I'm setting up to like have my books out there or to do like chapels at a con. And most people just think it's for the those who are in attendance. But because I traveled the same circuit of cons year in and year out for like seven years now, I've developed relationships where I've done like marriage counseling for a vendor. Mm. Like I've actually officiated people's weddings on the con floor or um, like I had one guy, the first time my booth was next to his, he was angry because of how much he hated Jesus. Then five years later, he's like a deacon in his church and like one of our biggest supporters. Mm. And it's just like, because of the relationships built and the people that you get to be beside for like three days, it's been for sure. Cecilia, you have anything you want to add? Uh, I don't know. I know you have lots of stories. <laughs> I know. I have so many. So I don't, I, it's kind of hard. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I could, I mean, just going around with our message, you are loved just you, as you are at conventions, I think is, is really mm-hmm. powerful. Just having the name Jesus Otaku at our, you know, a booth that says that in the yeah. exhibit hall. Um, we enter masquerade um, that at Anime Expo. Uh, that's a good story, I guess. The the, the first year we entered uh, masquerade at Anime Expo, 
as Jesus Otaku, the, um, the reaction of the crowd was very bad when we were introduced. Mm. It was kind of like, a, what is Jesus doing here? You know, some people laughed, some people groaned. Even the introduction was very unkind. Like, uh, you know, the judge was something like, uh, yeah, do you feel like getting religious? Because uh, next is Jesus Otaku. I don't know. Let's just see what happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. Then we came out and we did, um, you know, a cosplay hip hop skit like Tiger and Bunny and Cowboy Bebop crossover. And the nice. crowd loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, we did it to the Cowboy Bebop music. And, uh, as, is, as is good and right to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people loved it. And by the end, they were cheering and they were really excited. And, um, and then the next year, we came back and we got a much kinder introduction from that judge. He was kind of smiling when he introduced us. And at Anime Expo, what's really cool is um, they, you, you can have like an intro video. And so we have the you are loved just as you are. And then we do our masquerade skit, our cosplay skit. And just being able to say like, here we are. We're Jesus Otaku. That's great. We're, we're Christians awesome. here in this space. And we love what you love. And we love Jesus. Yeah. Awesome. Those people will forever think differently when they hear the name Jesus. So good job. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. I want to get to some of these questions from, from, our, uh, from Fellowship of the Nerd. Um, Elliot Ianello, good friend of mine, said, what advice strategy or strategies would the panel suggest for addressing theological differences that we encounter during interdenominational encounters? Um, how can we use gaming? And furthermore, how can we draw parallels between certain game mechanics to be ecumenical? Um, ecumenical means like, um, like basically like playing well with other denominations, right? Kind of yeah. like a good, like acceptance like, across, like, like yeah. if there was a Baptist and a Pentecostal in the room, how well would they get a room? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, a Catholic and a, you know, whatever, you know, Lutheran. Uh, I don't know. Lutheran. Yeah. How <laughs> would they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anybody have thoughts you want to share? I feel like there's a lot in that question, but. Oh man. I, the short we're running out of time version because this yeah, is something that's it that's this the is something you give. yeah this is the, some, <laughs> this is something that i i have to deal with as far as as part of the moderating team and the leadership of the ministry on our facebook group because we literally have people from all across the spectrum pretty much every major denomination different faiths no faith we've got people who've wandered into our group from all over the place and the one thing that i always say is is that is is always about being kind mm -hmm. i mean it sounds yeah. trite it sounds like the kind of thing you put on a t-shirt but it really is that simple mm -hmm. uh when you are are realizing that there are people who have these thoughts to have the humility to realize that every major heresy that the church has ever named was created by people who read the same bible that you are and that you are not, a, I had a, a, a seminary professor that, that said, always remember, you are not above rank heresy. Yeah. yeah. And so having that humility to realize that no matter how tightly you hold to a thing, you might be the one that's wrong, mm. gives people the space to say what they want to say. And, you know, we always let people, as long as it's respectful, we always let people say what they want to say across the board and just with that understanding of the second y'all stop treating each other like human beings who are trying to come closer to God is the second I burn this thread to the ground. Yeah. But, yeah. but we have seen amazing gatherings of people who 
on paper should not work well together, work really well together because we just realize that all of us are trying to get closer to God. And mm. we, that that's, we're all just trying. Yeah. Good. That's good. Good answer. I think too, like gaming in a lot of ways is sort of helps with this just in general, I think, because when you sit around a table with other people to play a game, like you all are forced to be like, to see each other as equals, at least in that space. Like you all have to abide by the same rules unless you're a dirty cheater, but um, <laughs> something, something that I have, I have <laughs> literally, Dallas. I have literally said dozens of times with all the things that are going on in the world right now with the virus and all the different people who are protesting different rights and, and all this stuff. The thing that I, I, constantly am telling people is it's just the idea that we have to treat each other with a modicum of care that we all have this this amount of stuff that comes into mm. how we read everything how we see everything how we view everything and so we have to understand that the things that you are saying carry a mountain of past experience with them yeah and you have no idea whether or not the mountain of experience is going to be dumped on somebody because they have a bad experience. Hmm. And so just being able to treat each other with care and respect is huge. Yep. And the gaming table gives you that ability to mm -hmm. just be like, we're all here to do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. That common history that we created just then will we're change all gonna, we're all how about we to see each other. Yeah. We're all about to talk about the way that, that Steve just pulled that stand-up die roll to get exactly what they needed. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what we're going to be talking about. And that gives us that point of humanity with each other Yeah, that we'll hopefully build from to realize yeah. we're all not just limited to this place. We're mm -hmm. coming from huge piles of stuff. Yeah. And I think it goes into other mediums too, but it's like, you know, once we, because I think we live in this culture that's like super divided and we all like step into conversations and like wondering, like, are you, are you safe to talk to? Or like you, yeah. do I, you know, what label should I give you before we start this conversation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But then if we play a game together or we talk about anime or we talk about our favorite comic book, like all of a sudden, like a lot of that down, of baby. falls away and it's like, well, you can't be a bad person because you like Full Metal Alchemist or whatever it is, you know? Like, you must be all right because we both love, uh, you know, we b both love Tom King's run of Batman or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, we are building relationships bigger than our differences. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And, and if the fact is that if it boils down to people of different denominations of the same faith can't actually function and work together what possible hope do we have mm -hmm. of actually bridging gaps to people who aren't of faith yet? Mm -hmm. Testify. Yep. <laughs> Preach it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, all right, next question is from Jonathan Campo Verde. John Cam sorry, not Jonathan. He goes by John. John Campo Verde. Sorry, John. Um, how do you personally – I'm just reading from – facebook here so that's why i did that so um but john camberetti says how do you personally incorporate nerdiness into your spiritual formation i want to punt this question uh over to hector in particular i know you probably have a good bit to say about this so yeah all right um just to say this <laughs> one of the one of the biggest problems i think with 
the divide between church and geek culture in general is the fact that we, if, especially if you've grown up in a faith household or a faith community, is that you feel this pressure to hide every part of you that doesn't fit into the cookie cutter mold that you are brought up to see. So if you are if you have this either clearly spoken or implied understanding that you have to hide everything that doesn't fit what goes along with everybody else, you cause division within yourself. Um, and if you're further dividing yourself, you're never going to be whole. Mm. That's the reality is you have to be able to see that you are a whole person. And just because you don't express your interest in one thing doesn't make you better or doesn't make you more intact that when we're looking at ourselves and the things that entertain us, the things that we're passionate about are part of who we are. Um, and we need to be able to look at that completely and say, you know what, I love Jesus and this, and here's how this works to not be ashamed of it and not be afraid of it. Um, you know, Colossians three twenty three says, whatever you do, do it with your whole heart to God and not to man. And the simple concept that the stuff that we are passionate about should be able, we should be able to use that passion to help us to draw closer to God and connect well with others mm -hmm. rather than it, let it be that with something we have to be afraid of or hide or be fearful to share with people of faith. Um, that's great. And yeah. that's the thing, just to let the things that you're passionate about be a catalyst to make you draw closer to God rather than divide you. Mm. Yeah. I 100% agree with that because I feel like with like Christians who like anime, they very much compartmentalize their identity. Like they are an otaku with their otaku friends and then like the Christian with their Christian friends. Um, and when we've been at anime conventions, we've had Christians come up to us and say that they, um, they don't talk about being Christian around their friends. So you know, I think it's really important for us to be our whole selves in these fandom spaces. Mm. Yeah, love it. That's great. Uh, last question here. How do you handle dealing with a person who claims that something nerdy, so any of these nerdy things that we're into, something nerdy is not only not faith-related, they would say that doesn't have anything to do, you know, they might say something about like a particular comic book or video game. It's nothing to do with faith. Um, but they might even say, some of you even say that's actually an attack on faith. Like that's dangerous. Like you should stay away from that. Um, how do you handle dealing with people who kind of, I mean, we get that, right? We've yes. all, we've all in this panel, like encountered that. Like, what, I've gotten more respond? opposition from people of faith than mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people not of faith. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. I, I really want to speak to that one if it's all right. Yeah, Drew. do it, man. Um, Another another example. I'm, I'm a big analogy guy. I, going a bit far here, but um, you know, you see these uh, these ministries that are to um, people that are selling themselves on the street. You know, and uh, these these people on the street. Now, this again, an extreme example here, but uh, just a, a prostitute on the street. Someone is doing a ministry to those people, giving them a sterilized needle. Right? Uh, someone is. Uh, giving them products that will keep them safe while, while prostituting themselves. Um, there are ministries of women who go and take women at strip clubs like lunch and they do their hair for them. And they, it's care ministry for these, these people. Now that's, that's an obviously an extreme example, but um, if, if we are, 
people who are, and, and they exist, and I, I know people like this, and I love them, but if there are people that exist that view video games as this, they see games like Grand Theft Auto, and they're like, that is horrible. Anyone who touches that is is totally against everything that is for Jesus. Yeah. Then, then my challenge would be, then who's going, who's going to meet them where they are and reach them? How, how do you go into their world? Um, and and I, I think that one thing that we teach our students, and this applies to adults as well, is um, you're, you're either going to influence or you're going to be influenced. Um, be in prayer, uh, be hanging out with Jesus, walking with him every day so that when you enter into an environment that may feel like it's challenging your faith a little bit or coming against your faith, be the person that is influencing in that realm rather than not. Because all of us have nerds as nerds. Like I bet that Cecilia at some point you've been in cosplay mode or you've been to an expo where you're like, all right, this this group that I'm in right now is not really representing Jesus very well, or it's totally like, this is not biblical. You're going to be the person that is a difference in that moment. So, um, read scripture, hang out with Jesus daily. So when you, when you do realize that you're, you're getting into that realm, that is totally, as this person said in the question, like against Christianity, how are you going to be the light in those moments? Um, I do personally, I draw the line at a couple games for myself just because I know what my past has been. I know my past. I know what I've struggled with. So I avoid things that have pornography in them. I avoid things that um, where I could basically get away with anything I want that I wish I could do in real life. You know, like I don't play GTA because uh, you can do a lot of cool, crazy stuff in there. And uh, uh, I, I just... There's, I draw a line for yeah. myself, but I'm not going to judge my friends if they draw a line at a different spot. So mm. be the difference when you see that happen. That's, that's yeah. what I would say. Great. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think like that's something we just didn't really have time to get into, but I do want anyone who's listening to this panel to hear us like all together kind of, I think we can all agree with what I'm about to say that we're not saying that like everything everything in comics, everything in anime, everything in board games, even board games like the one that there's hardly any like bad content in sometimes, but, or, or, but, but it's out there. Like, right. We're not, we're not here saying like, there's no, that you should not have lines for yourself that you should not um, be careful about what you consume. And we would all say, yeah, um, be careful. Romans 14 all day. What'd you say? Romans 14 is the, the, passage where Paul is just straight up saying you need to be able to know what you approve, why you approve it and make sure you don't make others stumble in the process. Mm, yeah. Um, yep. That that's my thermometer check for anything. Like it's like, I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't approve, mm. but you need to be able to be okay with what you approve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. And just, just wanted to throw one thing in there were two. One of my favorite things with this is with Paul, when he said, in Acts 17, and he was he used an unknown God to draw people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like these things that you know, maybe attacking God or against God or don't bring glory to God. Literally, if Paul can take an unknown God that people worship, yeah. he's and like using a hymn to Zeus or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you can straight up use an unknown God to point people back to Jesus, we can use these mediums of connective storytelling to do the same thing. Love that. I, I, at this point, I want to create a GIF of, of from, from Pacific Frim, reset the clock every time a nerd references Mars Hill, because <laughs> I, literally it, it, we're always going to go back to that because like it, again, if God is truly sovereign over everything, he's found everywhere. Mm. And yeah. so, mm. yeah, 
I mean, if we've already quoted C.S. Lewis, which is the other nerd go-to. Um, I love his description of Aslan. He's good, but he isn't safe. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm going to tell you that there are some things. One of my uh, one of the articles I wrote on our site was when I played a a lawful evil character. Like, he was literally uh, the guy that I played he was basically of the opinion that he needed to rule the world to protect the other people. So he was going to step on everybody. He he did. He played the Thanos card. He was woefully underpowered compared to Thanos, but he, that was his, his, and that character did terrible things. Mm -hmm. And people looked at me and go, how can you do that as a Christian? And I go, let me, uh, let me begin to explain to you that I'm not telling you, you should do it. I'm going to tell you that I had a lot of people checking with me when I was doing that, making sure I didn't cross lines that were uncrossable mm. and stuff like, like I, I realized that exploring that stuff can be dangerous. I also realized that I learned a lot being mm-hmm. in that place. I also tell you that I played with an entire group of people for a decade with that character and None of them are Christians, but every one of them has prayed with me at one point or another for some part of their life. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard to do, to parse this. Like we want the easy, like, this is the good stuff. This is the bad stuff. This is the yep. stuff to avoid. This is the stuff you should pursue. It's not that it's rarely clean ever that simple, in the yeah. world. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're constantly trying to figure out where that is. And the, I started developing just a response that is really funny because I think it's the most biblical response I've ever given to somebody. But at the same point, it gets the most ridiculously awful responses. I go, I can't tell you to stand against your conviction. I can tell you that D and D is one of the best games you're ever going to play in your life. If you think it's devil worship, don't play it. Yeah. (laughs) I, you know, I, I, yeah. If you think if you think that playing a warlock character is against your faith, I, I can tell you how I can do it. I, I tweak some rules and I, I can do it. I'm never going to tell you to do it if you think that it's against if, if, if anything that gets between you and God. I'm going to tell you don't do that. I did it, I've done it to people with video games. I've done it to people with role playing games, with board games, with countless things. Nothing should stand between you and God. And anything that gets into that space, you need to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And uh I would say just kind of to wrap up on that question and 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 kind of begin to close out our time here um is, you know, the every ministry that's represented here I think has resources has is able to help with regard to that question because I think um M- Michael Don Brown was the one who asked that question um by the way I, I forgot to mention his name um but uh thanks for asking that question Michael it was a good question um we've all ri- we've written about this at Love Thy Nerd for, this has been written about it in Roads and um um Hector has written devotions that cover this kind of these kinds of things. Um Jamie has talked to dozens of I don't write anything, but you can call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you talked to dozens of parents and and yeah. and teenagers about that yeah. topic. I know Cecilia, Christian schools and public schools. Yeah. yeah. I know Cecilia, you have to answer those kinds of questions about anime all the time. So so that's what we're here for is is ask us these kinds of questions. Yeah. Um uh, we can help you po- point us if you have uh that's going to be kind of dangerous to do but if you have some angry christian friend 
um, you can like sh- shuttle them our way and we'll, at least I've, my way. I don't want to speak for everybody else, but we'll, we'll give them some resources. At least we have resources at love that nerd. And, I'll take and, the angry parents. Yeah. <laughs> I, was say, I frustrate them to all get out, but I have a ton of fun doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to close this out real quick. Um, I just want to give you guys a second to say, Hey, here's, here's one way, um, you can check us out and get involved in what we're doing. So, um, yeah, Cecilia, what's, what's a way people can check out what uh, Jesus Otaku is doing and get involved? Um, well, I would say follow us on Instagram. We're at Jesus.Otaku on Instagram. And if you go into our bio, you can see all our links to other things. We have a Facebook community, but we have a, a Discord that's been around for about a year. And I, I, I really love our Discord um, because I feel like we are authentically being anime fans and Christians in that space. Uh, we have online small groups and stream weekly service, and hopefully soon we'll have like monthly anime watching nights. So it's it's a really cool space, and um, that's a that's a good place to start. I would say. Excellent. Yeah, Jamie, tell us. Uh... Someone wants to get plugged into satellite gaming. What should they yeah, do? Yeah, uh, I would say go to our website, satellitegaming.net. Watch our video. That's the very first thing I would say to do. Um, and it'll just give you an idea of where our heart is. Uh, from there, we have a contact form on our website. It's pretty close to that video. Um, check that out. And if you're, if you're a student, um, just follow us on Instagram, satellitegg, or you know a student, uh, tell them about it. A lot of our audience is just going to be kids looking to play video games online, get into our tournaments. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say that's pretty straightforward. Watch the video. I just tell that to people all the time because it's, I don't know, it's the best way to figure it out. So, satellitegg.net. It's good. Yep. Cool. Yep. Hector. Uh, if you go to facebook.com slash faith and fandom, all spelled out, um, almost all of our info is there. Or if you just go to Amazon and search faith and fandom, all our books are there. And if you're hearing this and or watching this and you want free books, email me or hit me up and I'll send you PDFs of the books for the Bible studies on this stuff. Sweet. Awesome, man. All right. I hear, Mike. There's, some, I hear there's some cool stuff in volume seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool, Mike. He, yes, that, so. was, that was completely and totally self-centered because he, he quoted me. So I figured it had something uh, <laughs> to do with you. <laughs> um, the shortest way I can explain everything is to go to inroadsministries.com. That's I-N-N roadsministries.com. Because if you've ever played a video game, role-playing role game, or a tabletop role-playing game, you know that all roads will eventually lead to the inn. Uh I, that inroads nice. is going, that's yeah. good inroads inroads <laughs> is going to be our i, I love how the, i love the moment when that kind of like, yeah. oh it's a pun um yeah so that's our social media we're on twitter we're on instagram uh if you are searching for podcasts we have two primarily one that is kind of in hiatus just because life is crazy uh yeah. so, and it's hitting both, both of our hosts really hard which is me and daniel fisher uh, it's called Game Store Profits, where we talk about stuff that's going on in the tabletop gaming world and then talk about how that relates to faith. Uh, I also do a devotional podcast, which is called The Bard and Bible. If you look up Bard and Bible and you see a guy talking about Shakespeare, I'm the other one. <laughs> um, and and basically the, the short version of what that works is, is that it's me using a story-based framework to go through conversationally talking about scripture 
occasionally I do really, really awesome stuff that our community has allowed us to do. Like when I did a retelling of the, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan, I did a full cast audio of the Good Samaritan told in my fantasy world that has built up organically over the course of doing this for years. Uh, it's called The Good Orc. I'm super proud of it. Uh, I, yeah, go check us out. We're, we have a, a lot of fun. You can also find links to our Facebook group on our website. Sweet. Yeah. So I definitely encourage you to go check out all uh, the sites and social media. Follow these guys on social media and um, check out what they're doing. Um, a huge part of why we did this panel is because we want, we want more nerds to see the different ways we're all trying to, to reach nerds in different nerdy spaces. So um, I love you guys. I love the ministry that you're doing. I'm super thankful that you took some time out to be a part of this panel and share the work that God's doing through, through you and through your ministries to um, help nerds see how much Jesus loves them. It's it, yeah. it, I'm tearing up a little bit thinking about it. I'm trying not to, but it's, it's really cool how God is, mm. is using you guys and, and what he's doing. So get involved, um, join mm. these guys, join us um, and what we're trying to do to point more nerds to Jesus. So mm. thanks guys. Thank you, Drew. Thank you so much for having us here and be able to talk this stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. For sure. Thank you for joining us for this LTN con special presentation. Remember, nobody else tells you. Jesus loves you, Mary.